Hey, Halima. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? I'm marvelous, marvelous. Um, this is I Know You Are But What Am I podcast. Today we have an inspiring actress and an inspiring um superstar actually. <laughs> uh but a very talented writer, um poet, uh uh story writer. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um and I just wanted just to highlight her voice and basically um her work, you know. Um I asked you to come on and um uh share some of your work because I'm a poet myself and um soon to um be releasing a a book um a series and um I wanted to have this platform to give an in-depth look of the arts and of the literary work so I want um you to recite your poetry and maybe we can talk about it and break it down and ask you questions to um, give the listeners um, a better understanding of your mind and how how artistically it works. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. So which, ones are, which one are you sharing with us first? Um, well, the first one I'm sharing, um, I, well, <clears throat> the title I gave it is The World. Um, should I just go ahead with it? Yes, whenever you're ready. Okay. <clears throat> um, so it's called The World. Um, what would you do if the world fell apart? What would you do if the lands collapsed? If everything around you just disappeared, what would you do? Would you fall apart? When times are tough, the goings are harder. The people, they change. They no longer want to partner. The ways they once knew, straddled with panic, the lives they once held, left hanging in the balance. Why don't they all just get along and fight for one another? Why not show grace instead of fighting like cowards? Come together and show how much you care along the paths on which you lightly tread. Wow. <laughs> wow. I really um, enjoyed it. Um, there was um, two... Um, pieces of um, thought of the background. It kind of had an apocalyptic doomsday and then it it had an um, internal feeling of somebody's life is coming to an end or somebody's life is um, it's dramatically changing. Um, can you tell me the background of uh, start with the title uh, why you chose the uh, the title the world and um the the background to the uh the poem right um well basically the title came last so i wrote the poem first mm. um and i realized that it, it's because this poem that i wrote it's talking about the world we act, we live in and the way people act um and as and I just felt that the world was a fitting title because it fit in well with what the poem is about. Yeah. 
it's real interesting that you said your poem comes last because a lot of times uh, my poems, my titles come last. In fact, a lot of times I don't name my poem probably years late unless I'm um, releasing it. Yeah. It's really a name. And there's not a, uh, a thought that goes into that because uh, my work is a stream of um, a stream of uh, of art that's going on. Like this is what's going on. So I don't know when mm-hmm. it's the beginning or when's the end. I don't know if the next poem is a, a prequel or a sequel. So I like that the fact that you put it last. Um, and why you named the world it the world because it seems like the end of the world. Why the world and not the end of the world or. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why um, I I always tend to go with the title last. So I'll write the poem first and see if anything sticks out, and then I'll make that the title. So you didn't. So the words came first. So you this wasn't an idea or um, a thought you you had, or the words just come first. The world did not come first, no. Um, yeah, the words came first. Um, so I got the words down. Um, it just flowed. It just sounded right. Um, and so the word, the phrase, the world, it actually stood out to me through through this when I read it over. Um, so I felt it just felt right to give it that title. Wow. Um, yeah, those words seem very ancient. It feels like, like I, I feel like we discover, our, we discover the words. We don't write, mm. we discover them. Yeah. It seems so ancient. It seems like it's been here before and it's so necessary. Um, even the onset of the beginning, um, when you're asking, it's it mainly it puts you in a position. If it was said to me, if if you was telling me, it's what would tomorrow be if there was no tomorrow? Like if this was your last day. Yeah. Like, you know, asking people to you know take assessment of their lives and stop to smell the roses or, um. The intellect behind it is somebody who's thinking of the future, the present as well as the future. You know? Yeah. It's it's like um, very omnipotent um, in the sense where you not only take account of your life, you take accounting of the lies around you. And I'm, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, what do you want people to get out from that? Like, what what is your um, your overall message? I know you said how people act, but can you um, elaborate on the overall message of the piece? Yeah, the overall message is really for people to actually come together 
um, to not just focus on what separates everyone. Think about the similarities that they put where they are, what's going on around them, and how they can just come together. Uh, when did you write this piece? Um, on the 18th of March. This year? Yeah. Was oh, So this was like pretty much during like the big, was this even during COVID? Like this was before the lockdown happened. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of prophetic. Um, yeah. There's one that um got inspired by the lockdown. That's um, one that I'll be reading later on. Okay. Would you want to read that one? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, uh, I've got it up. Um, so this one I wrote like a month into the lockdown um, that started here in the UK. Um, I titled it Your Journey. Again, the title came after. Yeah, I really like this one. I've read this before. Yeah. <clears throat> if you could tell me just one thing, would you tell me how to live? Would you tell me what to say or do? What would be the painful truth? Times are hollow, times are scarce. People wander around all bare, with little to show and little to do. How does that compare to me or to you? The earth's a circle, the earth is flat. Which one do you believe of that? What defines the way of your thoughts? What of time have you ever bought? So much to see and so far to go, endlessly wandering into the unknown, being brave and being reckless, following the path which seems infectious. How do you decide when enough is enough? When things go wrong, it's just too tough. Nothing seems to be going your way. Wherever you go, the path leads you astray. What are the thoughts which you remember when you are met with the cloudy December? Are they words of wisdom and grace? Do they make you rejoice and make you praise? Just how far are you willing to go to reach the place in which you will grow? Do you say determination is key to reach the final stage of your journey? That's it. Wow. Um. Even uh, there's a lot to unpack with that. There's so much. And I yeah. had the memory to, because there was so many lines. I think every word, every line w was uh, was more eloquent than the one preceded it. <laughs> um, like I said, it, it, it seems as though like these are coming through you. Um, not to, not to take away from your own artistic gift but it's, it's it's like the necessary it's like um um uh, like messengers or age agents mm. um, of of muse of of impending um impending outbreak of what's to come is very important because you didn't if I read that, I wouldn't have thought of the lockdown. So, uh, yeah. can you just give me a couple of lines um, and break those down to uh, the audience? Um, we're pretty much uh, talking about your uh, um, thought process as you was writing. Yeah, so, 
Right. Um, well, I can start with the first two verses. Um, um, if I read, read them and then explain that. Um, <clears throat> if you could tell me just one thing, would you tell me how to live? Would you tell me what to say or do? What would be the painful truth? This verse, it uh, was basically inspired by basically what the government was doing and how they were portraying their message to everyone um, and how people basically on Facebook were reacting. So that's what inspired that part. And, and you live, <clears throat> tell the, uh, the listeners where you live. Um, well, I'm currently in London, um, in the UK. Yes, um, and our second international uh, guest this week. All right, okay. Okay, so um, our last one was from France. France. Um, so explain to me about uh, what was the... Uh, the information that your government um, and your officials were putting out um, regarding COVID? Well, at the start, there um, didn't seem to be much. Um, they didn't seem, it didn't seem as though they were taking it as seriously as they should have. So um, the lockdown did come up a bit later than people were hoping for it to. <clears throat> and there were some unhappy people who were spreading their um, annoyance on Facebook. Um, you mean so, your countrymen? Sorry? You mean your countrymen? No, uh, on Facebook, like the no, people. The posters, were they countrymen of yours or it was just, just people? Yeah, uh, no, they were just, um, yeah, they were people from this country, from England. Um, yeah, there were a lot of people who just weren't impressed with how this situation was handled, both international and national. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's so much striking similarities, uh, especially uh, for our, our um, U.S. Uh, listeners that's um, going to hear this. It's, it was the same over here. It was the same mm. over here. It was taken as a joke. It was it was thought to be a hoax, and we didn't do something till people started uh, getting sick and die. Yeah, and that's um, pretty much how we got into this mess in the first place. Uh, the fact that we didn't see the writing on the wall, and yeah. Um, it, it's it's in, it's um, incredible because uh, where then because we have an excuse we have um, a reality star for a president yeah <laughs> but you you have been in this game a little longer you know with. Um, it should have been taken a little more seriously from, you know, saying uh, a minister um, from your type of administration. Um, yeah. It's for for me. It's it took a a lot for me to kind of just break down and realize what type of uh, situation we're in. 
You know, it's one thing to have um, a pandemic hit your doorstep. It's another thing when the the measures of uh, security are not reached to mm. protect all. So um, there's, and I don't want to take go too far, straight too far from um, your own writing. Um, so when you saying those two words, those two lines, I mean, um, it's was it in when you ask, can you tell me how to live? Were you speaking to the people, or was you speaking to the government, or who was you speaking to? Well, that one was aimed like at the government, and the line after that would be like the government asking the people. It's like because the on Facebook um, there were like people who, who were saying what the government should be telling us to do, basically. So would you tell me how to live? That's aimed at the government. It's like what the <clears throat> like asking the government what they're telling us to do. The line after that, would you tell me what to say or do? That's the government asking the people. Like, are you telling us what actions to take to keep you safe during this time? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's um, that's a very striking um, um, line because it it's it's the the way you criticize them is like you politely slap them on both sides of your hand. You know? <laughs> You know, you you ask the question, you know, and then you know that your answer is not good. Their answer is not going to be sufficient, so you slap them again. So <laughs> it's very is um, very poetic um, how you reacted to the situation. Um, was there any more lines that you think it's uh, that you need to break down? Um, yeah, it's the verse straight after, really. Um, times are hollow, times are scarce. People wander around all bare with little to show and little to do. How does that compare to me or to you? Um, the first part of that was basically, well, times are hollow, times are scarce. It's like the times we're in, it's not really set. It's like, Times are hard um, and people wander around all bare and they just don't know what's going on. And the, there's doesn't seem to, there seems to be a lot of confusion with everything in terms of the COVID. And it just didn't, it was as if it wasn't taken seriously, as serious as it could have. That's where those lines came from. And with little to show and little to do, that was how people weren't able to go to their jobs. They were stuck at home. And how does that compare to me or to you? It's like everyone's in the same boat, basically. They're all stuck at home, uh, unable to go out. Yeah, it's it's the first um, uh, situation I know where everyone globally is facing the same thing. Yeah, Everyone globally is uh, in the same boat. Is usually, um, if it's 
Haiti a hurricane or there's a mass shooting and we we put our attention there but we can decide to care or not to care or we decide how much it affects us yeah and we all affect it and this one it shows how um helpless you can be in a situation like this um as an individual your money can't help you your uh your your status can't help you yeah you need other you need people and you need uh the resources i'm sure somebody who's um in the higher um echelon of uh wealth probably had prior notes he could get medicine and everything but that's not necessary that it will protect him 100 percent um like even at the start of covid um we were getting celebrities who were getting Tom Hanks, um, his wife, um, other people were getting um, getting sick and were being affected. So um, it kind of memorialized everyone. You yeah. Know? You know, you are not safe from a a type of uh, plague like this. It's, it's sort of like, um, it, it reminds me of a song by uh, Ralph Stanley called Old Death. And it's about death approaching this young man. And this young man is trying to ransom things off to him. He said, you can have my wealth, you can have my gold. And death replies, Nothing satisfies no no amount of wealth or gold will satisfy me but your soul. Yeah. And it's times where people, the ego, the the um it's not just ego, because when you live a certain way, that's your life. When yeah. You wake up and is a hundred people to attend to you and you have no worry and you have no um, care for anything. You have your problems. You have your eternal problems and everything because no one's uh, exempt from suffering or suffering. But um, there's an unimmunable trial that weighs on everyone like this pretty much leveled the playing field around the world and it also showed us to the people who are our um, caretakers how well they're taking care of us and what is more important to them in this time of need yeah you know, it's it's not even about you being pro government or anti government. It's at this point, nothing will show your leadership in this moment. It yeah. was interesting just thinking in the U.S. that um, there's there's a President Trump is a um, polarizing um, figure. Either people. 
love him or they hate him. And there's and there's the in between people. Mm. Um, and but people love him and hate him. If he would have done the right thing, or he would have took the measures before this hit, um, even before this happened, he um, he fired the pandemic crew, relief crew. So yeah. it he would have won more people. Even if he did it just to get reelected, this was a time for him and his administration to step up. You know, um, either, you know, saying to either uh, way. And um, I think the amount of people that died shouldn't have died. Well, I don't, fate is fate, but the amount of prevention that could have caused it, um, could have went into it, um, could have, it could have been obtained. Um, yeah. An event in your uh, poem uh, rings so true. Um, also, I wanted to talk to you um, about uh, you, you're a you're an aspiring actress, right? Yeah, that's right. You've done some acting um, in your career. Uh, very minimal. Um, well, I did some acting uh, in theatre in high school. Um, and then I didn't really go back to acting until last year, where I got my first small role in a film which is yet to be released um and after that i've just had a few extra roles and that's it really could you tell us what film um that is um not currently because um there's no title to it yet so it's an untitled film okay Um, yeah i've been in touch with the director um but it's not finished yet, so I'm hoping soon we should. He says that it's still six months off, so hopefully I should by then know more. So what role did you play? Um, well, it was a victim role. Mm. So, yeah, basically there's a hitman and I'm a victim. Um, but it was interesting because I was the only actress on the day. I was expecting um, there was supposed to be another actor with me. Um, I'm assuming he was supposed to be the hitman, but he wasn't able to make it that day. So I ended up having to do the shoot on my own. Yeah, so that was interesting. It's you. You're. It's e- acting is reacting. Yeah. And when you have to sell your grief or sell your uh, anguish, it's a little harder. Even um, the imagery in the um, to the mental imagery of you to, for you to portray that role. So how did you um, go about doing it? Uh, well, I just imagined how I'd feel in that situation. Um, being a victim 
um, how that would, how I would actually react. And um, following direction, that was like a big thing for me. Um, I was new to it. It was the first role I'd got given. So I basically just mainly went off of the director. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, th- which I always found in- um, interesting because of I've done both um, to a smaller extent of uh, theater work and um, film or television. Yeah. And what I striking difference I I know, and it, it came. And this didn't come while I was doing it. It was just uh, watching other actors. It's yeah. it's different when you're being. You're both you're being directed, um, theater and film. But in theater, you're acting for the audience. Yeah, audience. You know when uh, you did something right or you did something wrong by the reaction of the audience. Yeah. As a as a film actor or film star, it's you just have to please the director just to get uh, mentally just to get through the scene and you don't even know if that was good or good enough you understand what I'm saying yeah you know saying it's two different that's why even the two different actors you know uh, they portray themselves differently like some people like the purest, the pure, um, purest um, theater actor, they regard themselves a certain way. Mm. You know, at the most, they're snobby, but they take themselves seriously. They take their work seriously. The um, the same could be said about the the same could be said about the film actor. But if you're just an actor, just starting up. And um, just getting a check. If you're a crossover actor, it's a different type of. The ego is different. Yeah. The ego is different. You know, it's like okay, and when this comes out, and it's not as good as you thought, uh, you wanted it to be because the director was just trying to get the scene. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that's I've been on set. Um, even just been on set of watching friends or you know just waiting for a scene waiting for a line or whatever that can be (laughs) unbearable it takes a lot of patience to be a director (laughs) a lot a lot and I could imagine um, somebody say okay cut that's great that's good and you seeing it and you just eternally criticizing I um I have a a friend that's an actress and she doesn't watch none of her movies or she doesn't watch none of her um her none of her movies or her tv spots oh wow yeah this she's very self-conscious because of that reason Mm. so what what um what made you want to act and what brought you to the arts itself? 
Uh, well, that'd have to be primary school. Um, basically, we'd have like class productions that we'd have to put on. Um, that was every year, I think. Um, and it just built, it just grew from that, really. I found that I really enjoyed it. So I'd always take up the opportunity to be part of a production. Um, and that continued through high school um, as often as I could. I'd, um, when a call came out for um, uh, for a play, I'd always take part in that. It was like drama club. Um, so basically it was like an extracurricular thing. Um, it wasn't every year um, because they'd start one year and then the year after that, that's when they, that's when we'd <clears throat> put it on in front of an audience. Um, so we've, um, we put it on in front of um, West Yorkshire Playhouse that's in Leeds. Um, so I've got experience in front of a big crowd as well. So <laughs> that was helpful. <clears throat> and it, yeah, I just really found through education, I just really loved it. So that, and it just never went away. So uh, just a little bit ago, I read with you uh, uh, going on uh, a part you would uh, to audition for. And yeah. one thing I noticed every time when we got to the arc or the climax, you would hit it different and you gave me a different emotion. Um, this, that was one thing that stuck out in my head. Like you're, um, aware, um, right. Um, uh, actress, like you're aware of you're doing in the moment. Uh, I found it to, um, it impressed me because reading for you, reading with you, mm. um, I know things I was doing wrong and kept doing them wrong. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it next time, next time. And you better <laughs> as you got you went along. Yeah. So what is it that uh makes you aware? What um you it seems like you internalize criticism um differently than most like you use it right yeah yeah because it's like it's helpful in criticism uh, depending on its form if it's to if it's to help you um if it's constructive then why not use it yeah it'll only help you to better yourself so i always think of it as long as they're not being like really negative i always take on criticism and i always use it to better myself um, in any way I can and with that reading that we did um, the more we went into it the more we actually went over it it just became more natural to me to yeah. be honest yeah yeah, yeah. It, but the thing is even with being natural and comfortable um, it could have I've read with um, different people and people hit it the same way. It's like when you take a picture and some people got the same pose. Yeah, all right. And it's the same picture. But it's like, I, it's like 
I was like the photographer and you was just throwing me different looks and you was voguing and you know, you was just doing too, you was doing too many, not too many. Um, you was doing different things in that moment because you never know what they're looking for. Or yeah. Anything. So uh, I think like that's going to be super helpful for you going forward. Um, ideally, where do you want your career? What type of film are you trying to get into? Because um, my impression of you that you're uh, like, I really think uh, theater, um, just to work on your craft, you'll be a good theater actress. And I would be more than um, pleased to see you. Uh, I would enjoy you in that field. Um, where, w- what type of movies or film do you want to take your career? Um, well, I'm really wanting to get into the action genre. Yeah, that's, you. Yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen my posts about that. Because you're a fan. Yeah, I love I love action movies. I love the sequences, and I like whenever I see an action um uh, action sequence or action movie in general. I'm like I just really want to be a part of something like this. So is it uh, the physicality that you like? Um, are you trying to get into like a physical actor? You know, like combat uh, acting and uh, um probably learn a you know a martial art or um some stunts like what do you what do you uh how far do you want to um expand well i'd love to be able to get into combat um so i'd love to get some training into that um if i could use some special skills um or um i used to do um we had this club uh, back in primary school. It was uh, the archery club. I loved that. Um, yeah, that, uh, I really enjoyed that. That was only for a few weeks. So um, I'd love to get back into that. So if I could use those sorts of skills in movies, so you it would be something I'd really enjoy. Sorry to, uh, I'm sorry to talk over. But... Um... From uh, like your uh, post and um, like from what I see, you um, like more of, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, more of the medieval or more of like uh, the ancient realm uh, kind of films? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do like those uh, sorts of films. Um but not just them sorts. So like, you're, so I'm not like, really era specific. Okay, you're not era specific. You no. just that um that uh you know the um, the action, the drama. Yeah. Like who inspires you? Like who inspires you when you see them? You you take something from them. Uh well, the first actor that really inspired me when it came to action sequences was Tom Cruise, to be honest. Mm. 
yeah, the stunts he did, I just thought they were just impressive. Oh, what so, acting? What about his acting? Oh, when it comes to acting, um, there are actually like uh, there are a few actors that um, there weren't really any actors specifically that inspired me to get into acting, but amongst the people, or you, you're 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 inspired um, when you when you watch them. You pick things up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it would have to be the people that come to mind are like Tom Cruise, um, Cameron Diaz, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, people like that. <laughs> I could tell which era you grew up in. It seems like you grew up in the Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah, I used to love Charlie's Angels. Whenever yeah. it used to come on, I'd watch it. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was one of my pop's favorite movies. He'd be like, those are my angels. Like he even like called my my um my sisters his <laughs> angels. Like he he really uh um kind of like uh became that character when he watched that movie. He really was into that movie. Yeah. Um what of what about uh with far as like dialogue or like far as like uh, techniques, you know? Is it mainly you or do you do you learn from people? Uh, well, I went on this journey on my own when I picked it back up. Um, I started looking back into it. Um, I think it was late 2018 when I decided that this is what I really want to do. Um, and it wasn't long after that where I started. Um, I found when I was watching stuff on TV, whether it was a movie or a TV show, I was looking. I found myself inadvertently um, look, watching their body language, how they were talking, their expressions. This was before I'd read anything online about what to do. Um, and then I read online that it's um, a good way to enhance your skills is to watch other actors and how they act. So I was like, this is great because I'm already doing that anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I found that pretty impressive. Yeah, it's uh, when it's just weird because I'm thinking about it more after the, the after the twilight of um, my experience in the field. I wouldn't even say career, um, mm. but my experience in the, the field. Um, yeah. So it's it's like for me, it's like how people um when people like try to be the bad guy I, you know i tell them it's not you're you're trying to be evil you're trying you have an idea of what evil is no if you're good just do something that you won't do like if somebody comes and asks you for like somebody comes and asks you for some money and you know your instinct is to give, 
you just go with the opposite. Like, why would I give? Get a job. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's and I think that helped me a little with my writing of uh, different uh, characters. Um, it's more you more. It's more of like people. Uh, it's more reacting because it's if you really um, internalize everything in your head, you might not get it because your perceptions may cloud it. You know of yeah. what the character is. You know when we was reading, you gave me the character. Um, just by the words, the lines, and I was able to draw who's this person. Um, there was no uh, ambiguity, no confusion about it, because um, it was as if this person I was talking to um, was that person in the play. Yeah. You know, it's um, what helps you, like, uh, even with the little subtleties you uh you give me, um, you was giving me in that, um, and that's just just small part um, of your choices, the choices of um, your inflections. Where does that come from? Because people train to pick that stuff up. Is that natural? Yeah, it's just natural. Uh, well, my first step is to understand the uh, story because um, when I get when I got given that. Um, when I was given the sides, um, um, they, they mentioned like what the background of the story, what the story is about. Uh, it's like a brief outline, like a synopsis for it. Um, so I gathered from that how, um, and of course it was, um, direction was sort of given, like how the characters are, um, what the scene is like. So I, I kind of picked from that, picked up from that really, because in my head I can visualize, um, I can visualize the scene in my head, like imagine how it could be going, how it is going, and I use that as a guide to help me through the script. That's brilliant, and it also helps you because you're a, you write stories. Yeah. Which is different when you write of your poems because your poems is more um, nonfiction. Like you're writing um, your feelings, your emotions, and what you think, which is the opposite um, 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 derivative from your stories because that's your imagination. And yeah. it doesn't have to be true. Um, and it you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to um, represent anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you uh, tell us uh, what type of stories you write? Uh, well, the only thing I can really tell you is that they're fiction. Um, I don't really have... Well, I sort of do have a fixed genre. I usually tend to go towards, like, adventure stories, Um yeah, action, adventure, bit of fantasy. That's those are the sorts of areas that I go in when it comes to my writing. Yeah, pretty much what uh, the movies you like. Is. Yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah, it's sort of all linked together, really. So, what do what goes into you when um, 
when you developing a character, um, when you um, have an idea of who a person is, what goes into you? Do you take it from like a story or a movie, or do you take it, um, make it an extension of a character you know or a character of yourself? And um, well, the I a bit of them all really. It's like uh, some of the characters I've taken from like school, some settings I've I've taken from school, uh, my high school. Um, some characters have likenesses from what I've seen on TV or in movies. Um, and some are uh, there's one that's uh, mainly based on a dream I had it's like a three quarters of it is my dream (laughs) yeah remember a lot of people don't remember um their dream I I don't remember all my dreams but if it's like a visualized what made that dream stand out was that it was like a movie it wasn't Mm. like a dream it had sound effects it had music it had um, credits at the end. Wow, that's crazy. I've had a couple of dreams like that. I have had dreams like that too. Um, I've had dreams where it was, I, I don't think as far as the credits go, but it was like a movie. Yeah. A movie. Um, and it just seems so surreal. Like I had dreams while I watched movies and I had dreams where I actually was in them. So it's um I because I as I told you before, I I feel that film is like another dimension. I said the fifth dimension, but there probably is another uh representation of the fifth dimension. But I think it's another dimension of consciousness, or uh, I go far to say of existence. Um, yeah. Of a multi um universe or maybe not a universe but just a you know saying a stream of consciousness of intelligence because it's like I either you either make that the movie you tell the story mm. or you tell a story you know yeah. it's uh like not every story has to have the story doesn't have to have a good ending or a bad ending um I remember uh watching um charles schwartz the writer for the peanuts um charlie brown and uh, yeah he, he he said he gets asked a lot why can't charlie brown kick the football he said because he's not supposed to i mm. would like to kick the football but that's not how it works that's not how the story is yeah you know and uh when you have like pure writers who are taken in by the muse or the inspiration that they're drawing from um, is very important, I feel, to to write the story or how it's supposed to go. And it's funny because people tell me, oh, it's just a movie. Mm. It's not about the movie. It's about the story. Yeah. like when you have different elements and this is there's some throughout um um film and television where 
all the elements work, all the elements align, and the actors get it. Everyone gets it. And it's like, you could get the best actors. It won't be those actors. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The, the right elements. Um, talking about the, um, the stories you have, um, is there one in particular you could tell us about? Um, just to get, I just want to get an idea of um, of your your writing or the idea of uh, your imagination or how you write, just, or just a brief synopsis of what your story, uh, one of your stories. Okay. Uh, well, I'll can tell you like some of what. The, because I don't have anything in front of me, so the one that I can tell you briefly about is the one that was based on my dream that I had. Because basically, it's um, about a group of friends who are who find themselves trapped in a cave, basically, um, and it's about their escape from there. Um, it's like the leader, the lead character. Um, She's separated from her boyfriend and it's basically her trying to survive with no food, no water, um, trying to find a way, see if she can find a way out and her boyfriend trying to get her out basically. So it's got a bit of supernatural in this story mm. um, that helps that both separate uh, that both keeps them separated and helps to get them together sounds very interesting um it's so interesting because I, I thinking like you have different you have a total different backdrop of um that you can draw from because you're from london you're from england from London and you have all these historical sites and uh, it's still a place of uh, ancient mysticism you know and um, even though I know you got that from a dream yeah that that does that help with your imagination your your atmosphere and your environment because Not I'm really, because I've found that I prefer to like keep everything when it comes to like locations and everything. I keep I tend to keep that fantasized mm -hmm. because then um everything comes into play, such as geographic, um getting getting like policy right and just making it all politically correct in senses. And I just want to avoid all that. So I think the best way, uh, I thought the best way for me to go about it was to just keep this a whole separate universe. So it would be like they are on Earth, but it's ha an realm. Earth that I m imagine. Yeah, basically a different realm. Yeah, that's interesting. I only mentioned that because I used to, when I was younger, when I was much younger, I used to write stories when my bad drops were uh England and London because of you know the tell the telly and what I watched and books I read 
you know, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's like it has a, a a British or ancient Britain um um kind of feel to it. Yeah. You know? King Arthur, stuff, those things like that. So it's um, that's why I I, I still to this day follow uh, British um, uh, not television but a uh, film and comedy. Mm. Yeah, uh, um, you Eng- the English wit is different. It's very smart and very quick witted. Um, even, that's even with uh, it's like it's your language, like sarcasm is like it's your language. Um, it's like a second language for y'all. Like, yeah, Americans, you either have it, you don't. But I haven't yet to met um, a English uh, English man or English woman that um don't have um, you know the wit the sarcasm, the humor. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I admire about you, uh, Brits, because it's, it's, it's always um, inspiring, um, you know, to, you know, be a writer and be around such characters. Yeah. You know, uh, also one thing I would say about you and conversations is that when I'm talking, you make it, make um yourself present listening um what you um what you remark at and um what you would laugh at it seems like you're like the type of person you are um reserved of course but Mm -hmm. um it's like you are like a hidden um gem like you have so much to uh you you have so much to think, but but you you say something when you need to say it. Yeah, definitely. That yeah. is how I am. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, do you read any philosoph- uh, philosophers? Uh, are you into philosophy? Um, no, I, I don't really do that. Um, I don't really read books anymore. But when I used to, it used to just be fictional stories. I never, I could never really get into like non-fiction stuff, no matter what area it was in. Um, so all the, um, pretty much your your thoughts, that's all you. Yeah. So you you there's no there's no inspiration you draw from. Not really. It's um, it's like some quotes that I may have read here and there um, from other people, but that was through high school reading mm-hmm. uh, when when I had to. But um, no, it's really just my thoughts, which have come from my experiences, like n- not just personal experiences, but what I've seen other people go through, what other people post about um, online. Um, the stuff I've seen posted online, the stuff, the environment around me, and I just pick things up from that. Yeah, and that's what I'm interested in. Do you um, do you have a uh, a journal? Do you journal? Do you um, because it's it's interesting. Uh, your post, you can write or 
it could be daily montages where you'll you'll say a funny question or funny phrase and how you praise it mm. is um rhythmic uh rhythmic. It's it's like it seems like you like for me it seems like you just said it but it was it may be you know planned to say it like do you have like a a plan to uh have um put a book out or puts these out do your posts well i guess what i'm getting at is your post um um, any indication that you are you drawing to a crowd or from a crowd? Not really. It depends what um, um, I tend to like because I'm on my own here now um, because of everything that's going on. I've just got me and my thoughts, really. So I tend to think about things a lot. So if something stri- stands out to me in my thoughts about like, um basically um i've been watching a lot of um united states stuff um uh, online it's like this comedian uh trevor noah basically yeah. i watch a lot of his stuff and um from oh, on my walk today i ended up thinking uh about like the black lives matter and um uh, and uh, how they're removing stuff like um, Uncle Ben's and Auntie Jemima, and it just got me thinking why they're actually doing that. And then See. that's where my most recent post came from. Yes, just thinking about all that. So my thoughts really, um, my posts come from the thoughts I have about what's going on in the world right now. So, um. Uh, just a just a little confession. For me, Facebook is a new television. I used to be a couch potato when I was like real young, the young impression mm. years. But um, I'm I'm a character loving person. I love real real character people, and it seems like people are more interesting now. Yeah, um, you know. Especially with everything that's going on, you know, it seems like more character people um, are coming out. That's why I love the uh, idea of this uh, platform because I'm I'm not really going to sit here and blog. I can, I can. There's a lot I can say. I think it's more important to uh, to highlight a voice like yours, or you know. I think there is, I'm not a star dripping person. It's the star within you that I want to bring out. Um, because if no one's seen it, they wouldn't know how special you you are. But um, what do you have to say about um, um, the Black Lives Matter and the Aunt Jemima removed from the. Um, um. Well, my post really says, uh, um, it's like my post, Surface Thinker. Um, it's basically, yeah, in my post, which says, don't be a surface thinker, I think that's what it was. Um, it basically came like, are they removing these because they think that's what the black community want? 
and they're just going for it because it's the easy option or have they really gone in delved into the roots of the uh, quotation problem um, and really took the time to understand what the movement is about what they're doing and if the what their reasoning is behind removing stuff like Aunt Jemima because I read something on Facebook about someone saying how it's uh, about someone who started off in a troubling time but rose above it and became an icon so why would that person not be celebrated in such a way so it's like are they doing what is easy to them and what they think that's uh, and what they think the people want or is it or have they really thought this through yeah and and that's um really what i've been thinking about of a situation that some things especially that uh like this woman she made a million dollars sold her company mm. and faced up a brand african-american woman you know so you would you think that with this person uh i, I can understand um uh, what people are talking about they is the uh the satire of it they look at his black exploitation um the whole mammy stereotypes mm. and they probably look at hattie daniel's um character and gone with the wind and they think of it um and uh for me everything's to me is a case by case uh situation um everybody's looking to cancel the next thing um it's the morality police it's yeah it's um and it's it doesn't the thing is um, like I had someone, oh, I had someone when I recorded yesterday and we was talking about, about being careful about censorship because there's dreams. I think it was Amazon Prime that, um, that uh, took down Gone with the Wind. Mm. She was saying, and the, my guest was saying, how it was important because how it was important that it was um, it stayed because it shows a time in history where people thought that way, and it and people wanted it down because it glamorized um, plantation living and slavery, and um, I can understand where they're going with that. I never took that from it. Because mm. I, um, it seemed like a piece that was accurate at the time, but I can understand where they make the glorification of it. Because when you watch certain movies, you sometimes the acting so good, sometimes the script is so good, you gloss over, um, 
the suffrage that actually existed, like the normalization yeah. of slavery and of people and of uh, docile and um, suppressed slaves. So, I, in that sense, I understand. But um, those are films to be studied. Um, those are films to to have critical um, um, teaching um, of it. So uh, I'm not a one to quit and let's take this down. It's been 30, 40 years. And, and, and the, especially when people are speaking for people. And when you really think about it, like that was the actual person. What is her family saying? Mm. You know, to me, it's, it's one thing when you're offended, you could be offended by somebody for somebody, but that's how as far as it should go. Like you can mention it, you can say something about it, but not every issue is your issue to fight for. Yeah. It's, it's, um, this, I guess where the term social justice warriors come from, um, um, uh, who want to right wrongs. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, um, what place their heart is in when they're doing it. But I will say this, um, solution is more important. Um, critical thinking is very important when you're dealing with these matters. Um, branding, this is racism, that is racism, doesn't help the conversation. Yeah. It doesn't help, it doesn't, educate people you're just telling someone it's wrong because it offends someone a lot of things i'm offended by a lot of things i get offended by is not and for its intentions is not attended by we got to understand what's the intentions behind this and once you do that i think people get more educated going along because i don't think there's a company out there who has intentions of offending people and losing money and and have a black eye in their reputation of um, of a situation you know so I really feel yeah. like it's, it's I feel like it's some some of it it, it gets ridiculous if like say if uh, the football team the Redskins um and is a tribe in Dakota or a tribe of the Seminoles or is a Native American tribe that's actually fighting for it and we get behind it and if it's someone who's just like oh I'm I'm offended because they calling themselves the Redskins that sounds racist um it's kind of, to me, you're right to feel that way, but you t- when you just telling someone what they should change their country company, it's like you don't like where do you get off? You know, like it, yeah. it, it, that's the thing. It's like we're getting to a point where we're, we're finally righting some wrongs that's been happening, but I feel like the way we're going about it 
is is uneducational. The whole cancel culture, yeah, to me, it's ridiculous because, um, for say say for instance, uh, a famous white Southern uh, or famous uh, um, country musician um, 60, 80 years who celebrated his career maybe gave charity they found out 30 years later he called someone the N-word canceled Mm. I'm offended I'm disappointed that was life back then that was the normal (laughs) he's racist yeah. Like, like, unless he to me, well, I'm I'm not gonna make normalize people who think in that behavior. Yes, you're ignorant, but if he was lynching people or he was running um black people off the road, and like he is an active racist, not just had uh candor and banter and talk with people or like that was the normalized behavior you know what I'm saying yeah. that was the normal life like people think they're smart enough to uh they're, they're smarter than history or they're smarter than a generation before and you're only um there are a few outliners and a few exceptions but you're only that way because your social conditioning you yeah. Know, if you didn't have your parents in your house to teach you those miles, if you didn't have the, these friends um, who taught you that, how would you behave? You know, you're not better than history. So when we hear this um, things of this, you know, cancel culture, this person did this, this person did that, unless it was a matter of like rape, unless you, and and there's also the phoniness of the person when they found out they're on the cusp of being canceled and they do these press conferences, like you only guilty cause you got caught and now you care. And now you want to be on, un, understand and learn. And I feel sorry for the victim and like with the me too movement, everybody who was coming for you trying to save your career, you know, <laughs> all these and it, yeah. it it gets like when it's we deal with race, we gotta understand. Like, you think people believe that crap? You know what I mean? Like, it, or that was that just good enough to uh, please your bosses? It's like okay, he has to do an apology. It, it's some people. I don't want you to do an apology. It's just like a rapper. If I hear a rapper say a line, I want you to explain the line, but I don't want you to apologize for it because you meant it. You know what I mean? I don't want you to apologize for, you know, censorship because me as a, I care about my audience and I definitely will care about offending my audience, but my right as a writer it's more important than how you feel about it, how you should feel about it. Because yeah. and I said it, I'm very aware of the crowd and the audience. And I would ask my fellow writers to be more aware. So you, you don't 
stand in front of a, a, a podium and take back something that you generally felt. Or, you know, you know, you should always think, because I don't know, some people write when they're intoxicated or write when um, <laughs> when they're under some influence. Um, and then they plus record and they send it. I, I don't mind the, the, the writing. It's just you have to pay more close attention and you have to know your audience. Um, yeah, you definitely. To, you have to know who you write. Sometimes uh, people like you and me, we, don't, we write stuff and we don't know if people are going to let you know. So we can tend to say anything. I mean, I have somebody that has a list with me. And uh, I have a. Um, Sorry, your voice is gonna. Be oh, I'm quiet. sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you um, now. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like you, I was hearing uh, like a wave, like it was at the beach or the ocean. Yeah, um, yeah, same. So, yeah. do you have people? Do you have an audience, and you have people that uh, that read your stuff, your material? Um, no. Um, currently, I just keep that to mm. myself. Um, there was like a time a uh, long while ago that my cousin came across my material. Um, he gave me some good feedback on it. He enjoyed reading it. The, so I enjoyed with him the fact that he took my folder because um, I kept my papers in my folder. Um, I was annoyed that he got his hands on that and he read that. But yeah um yeah that um because it was private until then it was just like a hobby sort of thing but then my uncle um was told about it and he gave me the idea of publishing so that got why don't i just become a writer um so i haven't published anything yet but uh, once everything's fine-tuned i might I might just go ahead with publishing some of my material. Yeah, um, definitely, I'd like to, you know, put you on the right, um, send you in the right direction if you need help with any of that. Um, yeah, as far as your poetry, it's it's a must hear. It's a must hear for the listeners and the readers. Uh, would you want to uh, say a, a few more um, before we wrap this up? Um, well, there is one. Um, yeah, there is one that I th I actually think is a really nice one. Mm -hmm. It's um, one that got inspired because there were like a few weeks. It was during this time as well. Um there were a few weeks of mental health related stuff um, being posted on different platforms and how people needed to start talking. So it inspired this poem. Um, it doesn't really have a set title. So I've sort of given it a title, um, which I've called it, If You Ever Need a Shoulder. If you ever need a shoulder to cry on, let it be known 
There is no need to hide your feels, you will never be alone. The days are dark, the light is faded, all appears to be lost. What you see ain't all you get, the ghost has found its host. Let the brightness shine through the fog, you're stronger than you know. You'll never dwindle when met by challenge, you'll rise with a mighty glow. So just remember on those days that come, when all you feel is distress, I am that someone you can turn to, to fill your heart with happiness. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's beautiful. The sentiment is, um, I felt it. I felt it. I, it felt as if um, you was reaching out your hand over the phone. And uh, I grabbed it. I felt it. I felt the heart that was in it and uh, the genuine uh, need to help someone. Um, yeah. Uh, can you break down uh, a few lines? Uh the the one that was interesting me was the one about the line about the ghost. Oh, what you see ain't all you get. The ghost has found its host. Um. Well, basically, it's like how what came to mind that people is this saying that um what you see is what you get, but then it got me thinking that that isn't in terms of like people who are struggling, that isn't actually true. So that's where that line came from, what you see in all you get. So basically what you think you've got isn't necessarily what all you've got. There is more to it. Um, and the ghost has found its host. It's just all the sadness is just seeping through. Um, it, all the negative thoughts, um, it's just negative energy that's just found its way to you mm. yeah well, so that's what inspired that line um so it's just it, yeah just the, that line it's uh very pathetic very um ooh, it on a personal level it touched me because uh, I have family members and uh, friends who it was as if uh, a ghost entered their body and their troubles and their demons um, took a hold of them. Yeah. So as you were saying, it. When you hit that line, um, I was in another zone. So mm. it wasn't as if I was just listening it. I was uh, feeling it. It was like as if it was I was in a a, a world of words, and um, I actually my hair is still standing. Um, it felt it felt personal to me um right uh is uh as the lauren hill uh recanted on her fuji song 
reading your um, my life with your words. You know what I'm saying? Killing me softly. And I remember when I first heard that. I felt mm-hmm. kind of the same way because it's um, some pieces that I read or I watch. Like, I know it's, it's not just for that person. It's I don't know how to explain it. It it has it takes its own form of uh, existence. Yeah. Like there's certain things I write. I know. Uh, I couldn't have been a even being uh, as skilled as I am, or proficient as I am. There's no way I could have wrote that. I don't understand. Uh, the topic enough. I don't feel deep enough to write that. And um, what makes it interesting is when I write certain things, people say, are you talking about me? That reminded me of this situation or reminded me, I don't know. No, oh, wow. so it's like certain things like go through you and that, that went through me. It, it really did. And, um, it, it kind of reminded me of um, that as much as you because when you're in that uh, particular period you feel lost like when you see a friend that's I don't know sometimes if it's going through it or seeing it happening to someone you love that because mm. it's, it's you feel hopeless when you can't help no one yeah it's like you watch this that's it's a torture to watch someone drown it's a torture to watch someone suffocate because there's something that can be done but you can't do it you know imagine be uh 30 miles um 30 miles away from a loved one as they drown and you can't possibly swim fast enough in time to yeah um you have uh loved ones or going through mental illness or going through a wall that can't climb over and you maybe you can like why is it so hard for you to do you know, yeah. You be the house. It's not something you can't walk from. It uh, it plays with your mental health. Um, yeah. You know, uh, man, it's <laughs> it was um, on that note. Um, I'm gonna wrap this up. It's actually gonna be a lot shorter than um, expected, but again, um. I guess uh, draw more out of the show and draw more out of the uh, story. Um, I thank you for that. Um, All right, no problem. <laughs> it was a pleasure having Halima on, and I definitely want to um, you to come back and revisit and and peel more of your layers because I, I feel like you have so much, even with your writing, you have so much to share, so much to give and so much of your mind to um 
to benefit us. Um, and we would yeah, like to. Yeah, I'd love you. to come back. Love yeah, I'd to, love to come back. <laughs> okay, so um, is there something you uh, want to, um, your last uh, words or uh, you want to plug or anything? Uh, no, um, um, just thank you for inviting me um, onto this podcast. I've really enjoyed it. Okay, so we're going to try <laughs> one. Uh, having some type of project to um, put out there. I like to, I love the, I told you before, I love to collab with you. Um, yeah. So you're there. You just got to just put your stuff out there. Like you're, you're there. Just, just, I don't even think I'm, I can, can even critique your work, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's so ancient, you know, it's, it's, it's very seg wisdom. Um, it was a pleasure. Um, Thank you. You guys enjoyed the show and benefit from the wealth of words of Halima. And comment, like, subscribe, share the show. And if you have some interesting to say, we'll love to have you on. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>